Thank you for listening to Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible, a new, much funnier translation of the entire Hebrew Bible written by me, David Tuckman. I'm coming to you from my living room, slickly edited over some room tone to make it sound like I'm whispering to you before the show. If this is your first time listening, don't worry, you can jump right in. If catching up is more your thing, you can try the first three Just the Bible Bits episodes of the show, which will speed through the first 18 episodes. Or you can listen to the massive playlist on SoundCloud. Or you can go to omgwtfbible.com and scroll through our beautiful brand spanking new episode pages. This month, we're finishing Genesis with a whole slew of guests reading some crazy blessings that Jacob gave his sons. This episode includes some funky technical stuff to make sure all the pre-recorded guests could be heard. We ran into a tiny bit of difficulty playing a couple of these, so we re-recorded my commentary to hide our mistakes. Hopefully you can't tell, but if you notice something's weird, that's what it is. If you enjoy this month's show and have something you'd like to share, drop me a line at omgwtfbible at gmail.com. Or you can interact on Facebook, Twitter, or post a comment on omgwtfbible.com. You might also want to consider signing up for the mailing list by clicking on the link in the rightmost column on the website. If you like the podcast, please rate and review it in the iTunes store. It only takes a minute and really helps. Now, the recap. Previously, in the Bible, God created literally everything, including Yaakov and all of Yaakov's kids. Yaakov and his brood ended up in Mitzrayim, a.k.a. Egypt somehow, where his son Yosef was somehow running the place. Enjoy the show. For thousands of years, we've been under the impression the Bible was meant to be taken seriously. Finally, a new translation that'll change all that. This is Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible! Listen to that crowd, they are insane. They've been waiting two years for this. This is episode 22 of Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible with me, David Tuckman, coming to you from Beauty Bar in front of a live audience. Each month on this show, a guest joins me and tries to read as many chapters as possible of my own personal translation of the Old Testament from the original Hebrew while I make fun of it. And tonight, we're going to finish Genesis. Yeah. And because this is such a special jam-packed show, there's not going to be just one guest tonight. There are going to be 22 guests tonight. Not all here. You know, um, people don't all live in New York City for some reason. And it's hard enough scheduling uh, one person to do the show with me, so not everyone's schedules lines up. So there's going to be some uh, technical magic that's going to happen. But everyone is going to read this last episode of Genesis, which is awesome. Today is Monday, June 23rd, 2014. I have no hair. Um, and I want to thank everyone who's here. This is a packed house. I'm really excited to read this with you all. Um, just some housekeeping. The next episode, well, because we're finishing uh, this one book, the next episode is not going to be a reading, but the next episode is going to be right here at Beauty Bar on 14th Street on July 28th at 8 o'clock p.m. Instead of reading the Bible, uh, we're going to watch Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat and make fun of it together. So that's, that's going to be fun. The Donny Osmond version, the worst one. Um, and it's not going to be recorded. There will be no podcast of this, so please come. This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Come to New York and be part of this. The next podcast, we're jumping right into Exodus, Exodus is Coming, is Beauty Bar right here on August 25th at 8 p.m., and the special guest is to be announced, so we'll see. Um, let's bring up, we're going to have one guest read most of this thing with me. Let's bring her up right now. She needs no introduction. You heard her way back when in episode six, I think, I don't remember. Julie Sugar! Julie Sugar! Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm short. Let's see. This is good? <laughs> I think that's good. Are we good? Okay, we're good. Um, so I wanted to have you on because of all the people who are here. Um, I'm the funniest. You're the funniest. <laughs> that's right. Everyone else who's here who's going to come up, you are less funny than Julie, even the comedians. Um, you are the, uh, you're leaving town. That's true. <laughs> so we're not going to be able to do this again for a very long time. What, what's, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to Nashville, Tennessee, okay. which is a little different than New York City. Uh, my husband, Aaron, got a job there, and we are packing up and shipping out. That's awesome. 
Um, I thought we'd do something a little bit different for this episode. Uh, every recording up to this point, I've asked the guest a bunch of questions, but I thought this time uh, maybe we'd turn this on me and you could ask me the questions that I usually ask my guests. Absolutely. Would, okay. Uh, so, David Tuckman, what's your, what's your background? Um, well, I grew up in Queens, New York. I, Woo! yeah. <laughs> no, I'm very proud. There's a Mets uh, shirt in the audience, which is, makes me very proud. Um, I went to yeshiva until I was 18 years old, and then went to uh, a yeshiva in Israel, Yeshivat Hartzion, which is, or otherwise known as Yeshivat Gushetzion, which is uh, the focus of a lot of craziness right now, that area. And then I kind of uh, dropped out and stopped uh, looking at the stuff, and very recently I started reading the Torah for the first time again, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, I have a list of questions here, but I'm gonna skip to the the one that makes more sense. Sure. Uh, have you ever read the entire Torah? I haven't, um, and that's why I'm doing this crazy thing. I'm assuming um, at this point you've read all of Genesis. Well, I've read all of Genesis <laughs> at this point, <laughs> and you know, I mean. I have not read the entire Tanakh. I haven't read the entire Old Testament yet. And that's what I'm trying to do. So what, like, part of this is just, you know, everyone's kind of reading along with me, if you're following along. A lot of this I know, and a lot of this I've read many times. Uh, my Bar Mitzvah Parsha, uh, the Parsha that I read at my Bar Mitzvah was Korach, which we just read this past weekend, and I've read that many, many times. But there's a lot that is new to me as I'm writing this translation that somehow we missed while I was at Yeshiva. We kind of skipped over a few. Uh, more salacious bits. So it's been really eye-opening <laughs> learning a lot of this stuff. What's your favorite and or most salacious story uh, in the Torah? Oh my God, it changes every day. It, every time, <laughs> I mean, every day that I translate, I have a new favorite story, I think. But I really like the story of Korach because it feels like a Michael Bay movie. Um, <laughs> Korach is a rebellious man who, who steps to Moses and then the ground opens and swallows him, and there are explosions and a plague for some reason. And then Aaron waves around some incense, and it goes away. Um, but I was just in synagogue when that um, was the, the Torah portion, and there were like all these really happy things that had happened. Like there had been a wedding, and there was a baby, and all this stuff. And it's really awkward to try to connect it to that story. <laughs> yeah. I'm my father had a, a heck of a time writing my brain that's a speech. <laughs> Um, um, but I really love the story. I mean, if, if it's a story in Genesis, which we just finished, I really love um, or can talk forever about the story of Dina, the whole situation that um, we read a couple of months ago, um, her kind of love affair with Shem, or whatever you want to interpret it as. I feel like there are so many ways of looking at it that I'm kind of obsessed with it. Um, there's a, a bug in my water. <laughs> yeah, we've got all sorts of adjustments to me. Um, yeah. um, so I, I was given a list of questions by David, so these are a, a, maybe a little bit uh, more awkward than I would have done it. Um, do you believe in God, David Tuckman? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it, I feel like this is a fun... I want to say yes and I want to say no because I... I feel like the word, this is like a really uh, freshman year college answer, but um, the word God to me is a piece of language that is trying to refer to something that uh, might be beyond language if it exists. And it's, it's, it's trying, like it's, human beings have a tendency to attempt to categorize things. And um, when we refer to God, I think we're referring to the infinite referring to like whatever it is that's beyond our understanding and beyond our ken and I have a lot of trouble calling it God or calling it in the Jewish way Hashem because it's like three steps removed from whatever it is we're talking about it feels to me like um, a shorthand but on the other hand I don't know if there's like when there's clearly there's no bearded guy in the sky I mean there's no guy in the sky even using gender when referring to God is kind of crazy because we're talking about um, whatever it is that is beyond the capacity of our brains to, to imagine. So I don't even know why we would say he or it, because I don't know what the hell that means. Um, I like to think of it as like, you know, there's a certain visual spectrum that we can see, um, and we have no idea what light looks outside of uh, the spectrum that we can see. Um, and we, we can sort of interpret it and, and shape it in a way that we can see it. And that's what we're trying to do when we say the word God, but I have no idea what that points to. 
that's my long-winded, probably crazy answer. Doesn't sound too crazy to me. Has anything, um, and then I'll go back to your questions. Uh, sure. Has anything surprised you about this process, about your relationship to all this stuff um, over the last two years? I, I've been surprised at how close I've gotten to it. Like, I think when we started doing this, um, and I've listened to the older episodes somewhat recently, I was a lot angrier about it and a lot like, ah, this is ridiculous. And as I've gotten on, I've been like, these are cool stories that I really like and have a lot of feeling for. And they mean something to me, and I feel like we can take some meaning from them. I don't know if it means that we should, like, kill homosexuals, because that's crazy. But... Yeah. Is that person clapping for or against? I, I think, <laughs> you know, know, knowing who that is, I'd be really surprised if he's clapping for killing homosexuals. But... Um, I, I think that there's, you know, this is these are stories that survive for thousands of years, and they're really, really meaningful to us. They're part of our literary tradition. So, I'm not really for throwing the baby out with the bathwater. There's a lot of ways to look at these, and meaning that they have borne for humanity for many, many years. So I've kind of calmed down about that a little bit. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something totally different to this last question. Sure. Um, usually, you ask people what their first memory is of you. Um, and I was supposed to ask you what your first memory is of me, but I'm going to actually ask you, what is your first memory of Torah? Um, oh my God. Oh my God. I, <laughs> I remember I had, and this like speaks a lot to how Judaism is transmitted. I had a Torah pillow. Which, which was like, or a stuffed Torah, which was like this felt little Torah with designs on the front of it. Those are really made cute. Made out of felt. And I would sleep with it, because that's what you do with the Torah. So it's like this really, I, I, Torahs are such weird artifacts to me, because they're like holding on. Now I can just keep talking if you get me on this crap. But it's like this really ancient form of writing that is totally obsolete, and yet um, we still like, carry on the tradition of reading it in synagogue every week, which is very, you know, there's like, uh, it's very artisanal. <laughs> it's kind of cool. I I, no, I like, I, I read Korach in, in synagogue this week. I read my Bar Mitzvah Parsha, and I had, I was called up, and, you know, the, traditionally, the way Torah reading is supposed to work and doesn't because this would be kind of impossible is that each person who's given an aliyah, each person who's called up to the Torah, is actually supposed to just read it. Um, but because we, it's hard to expect people to do that, we have a balkor, we have a reader who kind of reads it to them, and then they mumble it to themselves in front of the entire congregation. So when you're called up, you're kind of doing what the original tradition was, and you're just kind of standing there holding it, like holding this thing and reading it to a big group of people, which feels like what this originally was, like somebody holding this scroll that contained the ancient sto stories of a civilization and reading it in a song to them, like mastery of this text. And that was kind of cool. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what was your first memory of Torah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's, the, all, that's all I got. <laughs> Cool, uh, 613 Torah Avenue, too. Just a bunch of cassette tapes, which is some really cheesy songs. Well, uh, there, there was just one thing that I want to uh, talk about before we just jump right into the reading. Um, and this is funny for me to do. I feel a little funky doing this, but it, it's a little bit necessary. Uh, this has been a really amazing journey for me, uh, translating this thing and sharing it with people. And I've, I've been the recipient of so much love and support over the past 22 months that I can't even express it. And I really can't believe that I'm here tonight actually finishing in the beginning, or Genesis, or Bereshit, or whatever you want to call it, surrounded by so many people uh, who have either helped me read or are really into what we are making here. And I mean me being the readers, and John, um, Wendy, who does the advertising, and us who are here to kind of experience this and share this and talk about it afterwards. So as we're about to end Genesis and begin whatever I decide to call Exodus, I want to offer everyone a chance to join with me or with us in a kind of more expanded way. That's why on June 26, um, which if you're listening to the podcast on the day it launches, that's today, um, that's Thursday, I'm launching an Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign to give you the chance to become my partners in creating this new translation and whatever else it becomes. So your donation will fund audio equipment. Everything that you see here is owned by either me or John. This is all our material. This is all our equipment. We want to make this 
as high quality as possible, um, and we want to get even better equipment because this is, you know, this is the low end of actually doing this right, but we want to make it even better. Uh, web hosting, promotion of shows, the food at the events, um, and if we reach our goal, uh, one of the things we want to do is we want to start live streaming video at events so that if you're not here, you can watch it and you can join in the conversation. You can post comments throughout and, and ask questions of us while we're doing this live. Um, the campaign is going to last 60 days and will end at the big Exodus premiere show on August 25th. We're trying to collect $15,000, which is a lot. So if we don't meet, meet it, the show is going to keep going as is. Um, but if we do, I'm really excited to tell you that we're going to be able to launch a second podcast uh, in addition to Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible that is yet to be named, but I'm really excited about it. And it's going to be happening every week in addition to the monthly show. So it's going to be a show um, that's in some way about the weekly Torah portion that's read in synagogues all over the Jewish world. Uh, kind of taking the tone of this, um, but removing the word-by-word -word translation, but creating a very different conversation about the weekly Torah portion that exists right now. As the campaign goes on, I'm going to reveal more information about it. But if you want to make this happen, please, if you're listening to this, go to igg.me slash at slash Bible right now and whatever, give whatever you feel comfortable giving. That's a weird one. <laughs> igg slash dot me slash at slash Bible. It's also going to be on omgwtfbible.com, so you can just go there, click through. There are a whole bunch of pretty awesome perks, including uh, this T-shirt that I'm wearing right now that you can get. He's unbuttoning his sweater. My sweater is literally <laughs> tied to me. <laughs> and uh, John is also wearing it. It comes in multiple sizes. Um, no, we, I'm a tiny man. That's what I'm saying. I also made a video that's on the campaign page that you can use when you share the campaign with every single one of your friends, which is something I'd also like to ask you to do. In fact, even if you can't give, um, even a dollar helps, but even if you can't give that, and I understand, please share the campaign as far as wide as you possibly can so that the whole world gets a chance to join us in whatever the fuck it is we're doing here. Um, <laughs> I, you know, if every single person in this room gave just $500, <laughs> we'd be there today. And what, the, what is that, a PlayStation 4? You buy that every day. Just go a day without buying a PlayStation 4 and give it to this podcast. Anyway, that's enough of the sales pitch. I'm done with that for probably a year, though you're going to hear a lot from it online if you follow me, but that's it for the podcast. Are you guys ready to read the Bible? Yeah, that's what I like to hear. All right, this is Torah, a loose translation. In the beginning, chapter 54, Genesis 48.1 to 48.22, in which it is pretty clear Yaakov has totally lost it. After all that, someone told Yosef his father was sick. He took his Ephraim and Menasha, his two sons, with him. Behold, Yosef said to his dad, your son Yosef is here. He's just so proud of himself, isn't he? <laughs> Yisrael strengthened himself and sat up on the bed. Takes a lot of energy. In Luz, in Canaan, El Shaddai was revealed to me. He blessed me, Yaakov said. Okay, Grandpa, go back to sleep. <laughs> he said to me, behold, I will make you fruitful and many. Mm -hmm. I will turn you into a congregation of nations. I will give this land to your children after you as their holding in the world. Or it can be translated as forever, which is very different. <laughs> now the two sons who were born to you in Mitzrayim, before I came to see you, they will be mine. What? <laughs> Ephraim and Manasseh will be like Reuven and Shimon to me. But any sons you have after them, those are yours. They'll get their inheritance through their older brothers. Oh, okay, okay. It's a, <laughs> it's I, a tax thing. When I came from Padan, <laughs> Ruchel died on me in Canaan. We were about a barat of land outside of Ephrat, and we buried her there on the way to Ephrat. This is Beit Lechem. So this is probably the first time, or at least the first time we're reading about it, uh, that Yosef has heard of his mother's death, which is <laughs> weird considering how many times he asked his brother if his father was still alive. It's all a little casual and logistical. Thing. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> Rachel died on me, whatever. She's buried somewhere. Yisrael saw Yosef's sons. Who are these, he said. Jesus, you just wrote them into your will. <laughs> they are my sons, Yosef said, the ones God gave me. The ones Satan gave me are in the basement. <laughs> Please bring them to me so I can bless them, Yaakov said. Yaakov, like uh, his father, can only bless at close range. <laughs> Yisrael's eyes were heavy because he was so old and he could not see. He brought Ephraim and Menashe close to him and kissed and hugged them. 
I didn't think I'd see your face again, Yisrael said to Yosef. And now God has also shown me your children. Yosef took the kids off his dad's lap and bowed with his nose to the ground. He took the two boys, oh boy. Ephraim on his right, Yisrael's left, and Menashe on his left, Yisrael's right, and brought them close. It's like stage directions. Yeah, this gets very <laughs> stage directions. Yisrael put his right hand on Ephraim's head. Uh -huh. He was the younger one, and his left on Menashe's head. He was smart with his hands because Menashe was the firstborn. <laughs> and he just met them two minutes ago. <laughs> God, Yaakov said, blessing Yosef, who has walked with my fathers before me, with Abraham and Yitzchak, who has watched over me from my beginning to this day, the messenger who protects me from all evil, bless these youths and call my name upon them. Also, the names of my fathers, Abraham and Yitzchak, let them fishify into a mass in the heart of the land. <laughs> Yosef saw his father had his right hand on Ephraim's head. Yosef did not like that. He took his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Menashe's. This is wrong, Dad, Yosef said. This one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on him. Yisrael refused. Yeah. I feel like this also needs like a drawing or like a yeah. like an animated. We need a diagram. Of <laughs> I'm not really sure where the hands. What are. the issue is? Uh -huh. I know, son. He said, I know. He will also become a nation. He will also become great. But his little brother will be greater than him. His seed will fill the nations. So gross. <laughs> Yisrael. <laughs> Yisrael blessed them that day. This is what he said. Yisrael will, this is a quote, Yisrael will bless you, saying, may God make you like Ephraim and like Menashe. So this is weird and unclear, um, but he's saying that their blessing is that in the future, Yisrael, the nation, not him, that's when he says, okay, will bless their sons by asking God to make them like Ephraim and Menashe. This is true. Based on this verse, Jewish dads and moms put their hands on their sons' heads every Friday night and make this exact blessing. Yisimcha Elohim ke Ephraim ke Menashe. May God make you like Ephraim and Menashe. Providing weekly reminders to Jewish men that they are not good enough and never will be. <laughs> I don't know what the blessing is for daughters because I am not one. I think it involves Rivka and Leah. Sure. I'm not totally clear. Yisrael put Ephraim before Menashe. Uh, firstborn. Firstborn, more like worstborn. Burn, born, burn, born. It's a born, born, burn. Behold. The burn identity. <laughs> We could just do this for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Behold, Yisrael said to Yosef, I'm about to die. Behold! <laughs> God will be with you and will return you to the land of your fathers. I give Shechem to you, one more than your brothers, which I took from the Imori with my sword and bow. No, Shimon took it by tricking the whole town to get circumcised and then killing them all, only with swords. It said that specifically, but, you know, he's getting tainted land, so he doesn't know. <laughs> anyway, chapter 55, we got two left in this book. This is chapter, or that was 54. This is chapter 55, Genesis 49, 1 to 50, 14, in which Yaakov says some crazy things to his sons that are blessings, I guess. <laughs> Yaakov called to his sons. Come here, he said. Let me tell you what's going to happen to you in the end of days. Dementia. <laughs> Yaakov's sons gathered and listened to their father Yisrael. And this time the Bible manages to use both of Yaakov's names in the same verse, Yaakov and Yisrael. Good job. So now uh, that we've reached Yaakov's blessings, we're going to divvy them up amongst the 22 or 21 guests that have been on the show so far. First, we have this guy. Joe Winkler. Ruben, my firstborn, Yaakov said. You are my strength and the first of my vigor. You are great in devastation and in chigos. So, <laughs> according to the Midrash and uh, Talmud, the uh, Babylonian Talmud, Yevamot 76a, when Yaakov says, first of my vigor, this means that Reuven was the first drop of his semen. The first time Yaakov ejaculated in his life. A great thing to say to your son right before you die. <laughs> uh, he says, you're great in devastation, which could also mean character, depending on how you interpret the Hebrew, and she goats could also mean strength, but she goats is funnier. Um, <laughs> Joe Winkler, by the way, couldn't make it tonight. He had a prior engagement. Um, but when I was translating this, I talked to him online, and he told me that it is uh, pretty much impossible to translate, and I shouldn't bother. The, <laughs> these blessings specifically, I mean, not the entire thing. 
Um, next we have Jacob Hartz, who unfortunately couldn't be here because he lives in Chicago, so, you know. You are frothy like water, but you're not on top anymore. <laughs> desecrated the one who gets on his couch. So you mounted on your father's bed and desecrated the one who gets his on his couch is a reference to that one time Ruvain fucked his stepmom Bilha back in chapter 32. Or Genesis 35, 22. Also, that's not really a prophecy about the future, just something Yako's been passively aggressively holding in for decades. <laughs> also, frothy like water sounds really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Next we have uh, Jessica Polonecki, who lives in Portland. Shimon and Levi are brothers. Their weapons are tools of chaos. I don't want my soul being part of their secret cabals or my horror in their congregation. When they got pissed, they killed a man for fun. They crippled an ox. They are bad dudes. <laughs> Next. Yair Olbaum. Their rage is cursed because of how strong their passions are. Therefore, I will separate their share in Yaakov and disperse them in Israel. Don't worry, Yaakov loves all his kids equally. Just a word ago. With intense mourning voice. Oh. I just woke up. Yehuda, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be at your enemies' necks, and your father's sons will bow to you. Yehuda is a lion cub. My son has risen from being prey. Like a lion, he sits, crouched. Who will rouse this fierce beast? The scepter shall not fall from Yehuda, or the lawgiver from between his legs. <laughs> she should use her morning voice more often. That was awesome. I have, I have to say for those who aren't here with us right now, it's intensely creepy to be getting these quote unquote blessings like yeah. from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like we're just sitting around and then there's just these voices. Somebody giving prophecy about the Messiah. Speaking of the Messiah, uh, let's hear it for Steve DCN who actually is here. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming tonight, Steve. Thanks for having me. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I mentioned the Messiah because you did a show recently called Jesus the Barbarian. I did. How? What was that? It was a dramatic uh, reinterpretation of the Bible. Um, it uh, parodied uh, Conan the Barbarian. And, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The villain was a goblin queen. <laughs> uh, he had a son, she. Cool. <laughs> Just like you really should have been there. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> um, how are you, Steve? It's been a while. Doing good. Doing well. Cool. Very uh, hurt, hurting. Very sunburned. For those of you uh, listening at home, I am white boy sunburned. I am beet red. <laughs> If you can't see, um, because he's wearing clothing, you have kind of a V-neck I have a V-neck sunburn. <laughs> wait, wait, turn around. Real, I, got, I gotta real, see that. Somebody, oh, nice. Julie has requested he turn around. <laughs> I, I to see his discoloration. <laughs> so Steve, before you read, I just want to, um, uh, we're going to see you again very soon, right? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned before, uh, in a month from now, we're going to be watching uh, Jacob and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat together, and Steve is going to be one of our... Joseph and the J Amazing Jacob. Jacob, Jacob and the fucking... Amazing. I don't know. <laughs> Jacob's dead, man. <laughs> Jacob and the Amazing Total Freakout. <laughs> um, and we'll be honored to have Steve uh, lead the mirth-making with oh, I'll us. be honored. Yeah. <laughs> so come... <laughs> If you enjoy uh, freakish skin deformations, which I'm sure he'll have many new ones, come join us then. <laughs> anyway, Steve, do you want to read us a crazy prophecy? Sure do. Uh, just so, okay. Yep. <clears throat> Not until Shiloh comes, that is. Uh, so some people think this is the Messiah, or others translate it just as um, Yehuda will get a tribute. Uh, to him, the nations will be assembled. Because of the Messiah stuff. He ties his donkey to a vine and the son of its she-donkey to a branch. So, maybe this is some wonderful metaphor, or maybe it is the feverish ramblings of a 147-year-old man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the Bible is pretty weird. Yeah. Uh, he washes his clothes in wine and his robe in grape blood. <laughs> 
That's a terrible way to clean clothing. Blood. Um, <laughs> but I think it's kind of really metal to start calling wine grape blood. Yeah. <laughs> you just say wine twice. Yeah. <laughs> You got it. There's no, there are no synonyms. They just went for straight for grape blood. Uh, his Tossed that thesaurus out. Sorry. His eyes maroon from wine, and his teeth white from milk. Yeah, because that's how teeth get white. Yeah. <laughs> also, eyes. Oh, actually, yeah. that one makes a little that, sense. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, but next time you go to the dentist and they ask you to just drink some more milk to whiten your teeth. <laughs> change dentists. But actually, they do. But they do tell you to drink milk. Just they to do, strengthen to, to strengthen them. But, yeah, but it's a lie by the dairy industry. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Steve. You got to run to a show, right? Have a good night. Uh, next up, we have somebody else who's here. Lonnie Mann, come on up. Hey, guys. Lonnie, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. This is a, a slightly bigger crowd than the last time you did this show with me. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. There were, there were about two people yes. that time. This is more Us. than two people. <laughs> no, that was, there was a terrorist attack that day or something. Something it about was, Boston. Boston. That was the Boston Marathon bombing. Nobody wanted to see Bible jokes. So welcome, Lonnie. Give him the round of applause he didn't get last time. How you doing? Is there anything it's really crazy? Nice. You don't have to do that. Yeah, it's nice. Is there anything crazy you want to tell the crowd? Uh, anything crazy? Nothing crazy. Um, or just normal, normal things. I've got a couple of normal things. Uh, well, maybe maybe halfway between crazy and normal. Um, I draw comics, and the last time I was on the show, I was working on one, and it's done. Cool. That's, and that's crazy. That's exciting. That's crazy. I like finishing things. You can you can read a full comic if you want. Um, it's a travelogue about a trip I took to Iceland. And it's at my website, which is LonnieComics.com, L-O-N-N-I-E Comics.com. And now I'm doing a new comic. Yay. Cool. What's that about? Uh, it's about doing art assignments. And then um, there's a YouTube channel. There's a new YouTube channel uh, hosted by John and Sarah Green uh, in which they talk to artists and learn about an artistic concept. And you learn a little bit of art historical context. And then they give you an art history lesson, and they give you an art assignment, and you can do it and document your experience. So I'm doing those and then writing comics and drawing them about the experience I have doing the art assignments from the YouTube channel. It's a little... So if you're into that... long to explain, but you can see that same place. LonnieComics.com. You are also holding headphones for some reason. Well, I don't know where to put them, and they're plugged into my my music making device, uh, my uh, portable phonogram. In my pocket, <laughs> so uh, so I, I I I hold them. Do you want to hold our attention for another moment and uh, read a prophecy about the future? I would love to. Mine's really exciting. Um, it says uh, Zvulin will hang out by the seashore, and more specifically, he'll be around the ship port. So if you're near the seashore, that's where to find him, not just like on the beach. Uh, and his reach will be to Tsidon. Um, Sedona here is capitalized on my paper, so I'm assuming that's um, a city or a, a place. town, yeah. some kind of place. Basically, so, what is his reach? He's going Who to, is this guy? He's joining a care? union. He's a dock worker. Okay. And that's what's happening with him. Is that like how far his his boat will go? Probably his uh, his his parcel of land. Does he have oh, really I thought he had long like stretching. hands? Yeah, yeah. I, thought I was you know what? I just started uh, rewatching the X Files from the beginning. On, I know, right? On on uh, Netflix, it's all on Netflix. You guys, you need to like do this because there's a new podcast uh, by X Files Files. Yes, but with the uh, oh, it's so good. It's Kumail Nanjiani, and so I started watching it. And there's an episode called Stretch about a weird dude who stretches so let, and let, eats people's livers. Let's say Zavulin is Stretch Armstrong. All right. Okay. That's that. That's. Thank fine. you, Lonnie. <laughs> so if you have been following along, we've been going in the order that uh, every single one of these guests was featured on an episode. So from episode eight, we have Julie Sugar. <laughs> Once again. Yizaskar is a donkey made of bones lying between the stalls. When he saw that naps are good and the country is pleasant, he bent his shoulder to work, becoming an indentured slave. 
So if we can learn anything from the Bible, I think it's that naps are good. Also, if naps are good, like why would you start working and become a slave? I, do you know how hard it is to run a business? Entrepreneurs do not take naps. I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Um, from episode nine. This is Jed Holbaum. Dan will judge his nation, and the tribes of Israel will be as one. He'll be like a snake on the road, a horned viper on the path, biting horses' ankles so their riders get thrown behind. That is also, thank you, Jed, for uh, recording that from Los Angeles, where he lives now. Everyone moves away after they do this podcast. Thank you, Julie. Um, Sorry. Next, we have Ariel Abrahams from episode 10. I long for your salvation, Yehovah. <laughs> That's a crazy thing to hear in your voicemail. Um, <laughs> That's just him, I imagine, bolting upright in bed and shouting, Sweet, sweet death, make the vision stop. All my children are turning into animals. From episode 11. Hi, I'm Ari Schwab. Troops will troop on God, but he'll troop to them. That is a Hebrew tongue twister um, that every young Jewish kid knows. God, 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 ah, fuck it. Episode 12. The bread from Asha is very rich, and he will give delicacies to the king. So, again, Alyssa is awesome. She's on a trip back from uh, Jamaica right now, where she was going for work as part of her capacity as the editor of Juicy. Um, I don't know what... She says that she was hanging out with Jamaican Jews. Um, I think it's all a phony lie. Anyway... <laughs> The bread from Asher is very rich and he will give delicacies to the king um, is kind of the lamest blessing we've had so far, but it's like kind of a low bar. It'll probably come true. Asher can become a baker. That's not hard. It's also not a curse, which is nice. No. <laughs> it's good to get out of it without being cursed for something you did when you were a kid. Episode 13. This guy's still at work. Hi there. This yeah. is Adam Bozarth reporting from work. Oh. Uh, couldn't be there because I'm working. Uh, but David asked me to read this. <clears throat> Naphtali is a doe sent out. He says lovely things. Oh, all right. <laughs> the show's going okay. Bye, David. Thanks, Adam. Uh, next from episode 14, we have... Um, episode 14 was going to feature Steve Wells, the creator of the Skeptics Annotated Bible. Um, but he uh, got sick the night of his show, so his son Phil filled in. Uh -huh. um, but we've got both of them for this recording from episode 14. This is Steve Wells. Yosef is a son of grace, a son who looks graceful to the eye. All the girls stepped up to look at him. This is Philip Wells. Archers got bitter towards him and fought with him and bugged him. But the bow stayed firm, and the arms of his hands were strengthened by the power of Yaakov. From there, the shepherd of the stone of Israel. Thanks. <laughs> Yosef is a son of grace, a son who looks grateful to the eye. All the girls stepped up to him to look at him. Um, I'm barely even trying to translate here. This interpretation that I've used is what Rashi, the medieval commentator, thinks this means. The words in Yosef's blessings are incredibly ambiguous. Ben Prat, which Rashi thinks means son of grace, could also mean wayward son, which are diametrically opposed. He thinks ayin means I, so to him these words mean graceful to the eye. Uh, but ayin could also mean fountain or river. Those are just two alternate translations. JPS the Jewish Publication Society thinks these verses means Joseph is a wild ass, a wild ass by a spring, wild coats on a hillside, which is totally different. And in the new Oxford Annotated Bible, Prat is translated yet a third way to mean fruitful. And the, ride, the lines read like this. Joseph, it, the Joseph. 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 Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a spring. His branches run over the wall. So... Rashi's version is the traditional Jewish way of understanding the text, but the only reason I went with it is because it's the sexiest. Also, arms of his hands is a crazy phrase. Episode 15, we're almost there. Hi, this is Christopher Hastings. Your help shall come from El of your father. Shaddai shall bless you. Blessings of the sky from above, blessings of the deep crouching under you, 
blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of your father grew mightier than the blessings of your parents, reaching the peaks of the world. They'll be on Yosef's head and on the scalp of the consecrated of his brothers. Cool. I don't know what that means. Um, but I do know that Chris Hastings uh, just wrote Deadpool Annual 2, so check that in a comic book store. Um, we finally have somebody who's here. Lux Alptrum, come on up. Yeah. Don't worry. Here she is. Lux, how you doing? Good. You enjoying listening to disembodied voices tell us what's going to happen at the end of days? It's really fucking creepy. <laughs> I know. This show has taken a dark turn. You have something. Uh, well, what are you up to? I'm up to a lot of things. Um, since we were talking about making fun of movies, I have an excellent plug. I have been doing a comedy show at Union Hall called The Wonderful World of Boning, where I screen... <laughs> I screen uh, old sex ed movies and have comedians make fun of them. So, and they all come from, so far they've all come from my library of sex ed movies that I was given as a sex educator. Last time we did it, we actually had one of the stars of one of these movies come out and, and make fun of the movie as well. So it's a really good time. Our next one is going to be July 13th at 8 p.m. at Union Hall. And my comedian guests will be Joe Garden from TheOnionAndAdultSwim.com and Tiara Francis. That sounds super cool. It is. Oh, and I have a weekly newsletter. Um, it's MailChimp, so it's like a weird URL. But if you go to my Twitter, at LuxAlptrom, you can see a subscribe link in the bio. What is going to happen in the future, Lux? Binyamin will maul a wolf. In the morning, he'll eat the loot, and in the evening, he'll split booty. <laughs> we all know what that means. Thank you so much, Lux. In episode 17. Hey, this is Matthew Roth. These are all the 12 tribes of Yisrael. This is what their father said to them when he blessed them. Each man, according to his blessing, was blessed. And all were very, very confused. <laughs> Ari Mandel is here! She's got a big one. How are you doing, Ari? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Are you enjoying you? this crazy thing? This is fantastic. <laughs> what have you been up to? Me? This, you, we're getting more and more recent. There's less to catch up on. It's not, it hasn't been that long. Me? Um, well, exclusive. You ready for this? Um, I'm getting ready to do my own podcast. I don't know what it's going to be about or what we're going to talk about, but cool. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Oh! And you're all over the internet, so don't even like do anything active to check it out. You will find out if you're listening. To Go to take a nap, and when you wake up, you'll know that yeah. something's happening. <laughs> or you might be an indentured slave. Or, yes. <laughs> That's why. Because what happens is you take a nap and then you wake up and you're a slave and you don't know what happened. You won't miss it. Whatever happens, you won't miss it. Ari, what does this book say? This book says, I am about to be gathered to my nations, Yaakov said. This means I'm going to die. Then he commanded them, Bury me with my fathers in the cave in Ephron with Chiti's field. Bury me in the cave in the field of Machpelah, the one that faces Mamre in Canaan. That the field that Avraham bought from Ephron, the Chiti, to use as a grave. Yes, we all know which one we're talking about. The one that Jews and Muslims lose their shit over because they both love Avraham. Thank you, Ari. We got somebody else is here. Josh Uter, come on up. Rabbi Uter. Hey, how you doing? How are you, Rabbi Uter? Okay, how are you? Good, good, good. What, what, so what, what's big news with you? Well, I'm moving to Israel soon. Oh, my God. It really... You do this podcast. If you want to get out of New York, contact me. We'll set it up. Yeah, if you actually do it long enough, you will even have complimentary people with pitchforks helping you run out of town. <laughs> it's the best way to go. Any, any other news? Um, well, on July, oh, since everyone is plugging stuff, I'll plug sure. my own here. Uh, so July 9th, I'll actually be doing my own farewell class at the synagogue at the Stan Street Shul, uh, which will have some nice stories and what I've learned over the past six years in the rabbinate. Mm. So cool. if you're around Stan Street Shul, July 9th, Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Awesome. Check that out, everybody. Um, let's, we're past the blessings, but what have you got for us? All right. So 
That's where they buried Avraham and his woman Sarah. They also buried Yitzchak and his woman Rivka there. And there I buried Leah uh, by the field and the cave in front of it from the sons of Chet. Which is not actually what the text says. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. No, but like you have like a nice little line here. It's like, because isn't it weird? Like, they already yeah, it bought is weird. it, so yeah. we wouldn't tell them to buy it again. So it's a weird grammatical form, but it basically oh, says okay. the field that was bought, which is still, you know, a weird thing to say again of like, yeah, that's where all these, you know, right. they buried them. It's not like they were buried, but like they buried them. It's like, who were the they? Like, someone kind of took care of it. We don't need to know who. And this field that, yeah, we already purchased, which you also just mentioned. Right. He just, yeah. Maybe because he just said it, I was confused about him saying the exact same thing again. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe they didn't actually have, like, the deed. So he just has to remind them, by the way, we really do own it. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. If only we still had that, things would be Where's much that simpler. Paper? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Rabbi Uter. We've got... We've got two more recorded guests, and then we're back to normal reading. From episode 20... Leah Vincent. Yaakov finished commanding his sons. He drew in his legs on the bed, died, and was gathered to his nation. Ooh. Very, very dark. He also dies like a cockroach, which is interesting. <laughs> Finally, from episode 21... Page Hoffman, Michael Malice, I'm writing My God Loves Black Bible. This is Michael Malice speaking. Yosef fell on his father's face and cried upon him and kissed him. Yosef commanded his slaves and his doctors to embalm his father. The doctors embalmed Israel. Oh my God, that means there was a Jewish mummy. <laughs> the mummy returns. Some slacks to Bloomingdale's. <laughs> I cannot believe we've managed to scrape together all 21 of those guests in some form or another. Let's give it up for all of them for, for recording that, for coming here to be with you guys today, uh, for dealing with me harassing them for the past two weeks so that this could actually happen. Julie, let's get back to reading like we're normal people. <laughs> 40 days pass because that's how long embalming takes. Sure. Mitzrayim wept over Yisrael for 70 days because I guess that's how long weeping takes. Yeah. When the days of crying were over, Yosef went to speak to the house of Paro. Please, he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, speak this in Paro's ear. My father made me swear to him, he said. This is a quote. I am about to die in my grave, the one I dug for myself in Canaan. Bury me there. Now, please, let me go up and bury my father. Then I shall return. Wait, he dug his own grave? Sure. <laughs> Go up and he bury your his wife on the road. Makes sense. Go up and bury your father like you swore, Paro said. Yosef went up to bury his father. All of Paro's slaves, the elders of his house, and all the elders of Mitzrayim went with him. So did all of Yosef's house, his brothers, and his father's house. Only their children, their sheep, and their cattle were left in Goshen. I feel like leaving the children in charge of the sheep wasn't the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> Cavalry and chariots went with him too. It was a big camp. They got to Gorinha Atad on the other side of the Yarden. There they eulogized great and heart-wrenching eulogies and mourned seven days for Yosef's dad. So this is a little odd. The, Yo the Yarden is the Jordan River, the eastern border of uh, Israel. Mitzrayim, or Egypt, is to the west of Israel. So to get to the Jordan, the camp would have had to gone past Chevron, which is where the gravesite is. Uh, and if they crossed the Jordan like the text says, then they were crossing to the wrong side of the river. Why did they do that? I don't, I don't know. Very strange. The Kanani people saw the morning in Goren Ha'atad. That, that is a heavy morning from its rhyme, they said. For that reason... State funerals, man. <laughs> for that reason, they called the place on the other side of the Ardain... Avel Mitzrayim. Which means the morning of Mitzrayim. This is not a place that's on any map that I could find. But I didn't look very hard. <laughs> Yaakov's sons did as they commanded. They carried him to Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah, the field Avraham bought, yeah. bought for use as a grave from Ephron the Chiti, yes. facing Mamre, just <laughs> yes. in case we weren't sure. Yeah. After he buried his father, Yosef returned to Mitzrayim with his brothers and all the other people who'd gone with him to bury his father. That's chapter 55. Thank you. <laughs> Julie, we've got one more to go. We have three freaking pages left. This is going a little long, but I don't care because we are finishing this today. Chapter 56, Genesis 50:15 to 50:26, in which every last dangling thread is tied up 
And it is made abundantly clear that Yisrael's children will live happily and peacefully in Mitzrayim forever. When Yosef's brothers saw his father was dead, his father, they said, uh-oh, Yosef's going to get bitter now and pay us back for all that shit we pulled on him. <laughs> Didn't that pretty much happen already? <laughs> they commanded that Yosef be told this. Our father commanded us before he died, <laughs> say this to Yosef, please forgive the sinful transgression of your brothers, for their act was evil. Now... That's an end quote. End quote. <laughs> now, please forgive the iniquity of the slaves of God of the God of your father. So the plan was to lie about a dead man's final wishes. Awesome. Good plan. When Good he plan. heard this, and Yosef was there the whole time. He said a lot of things. <laughs> when Had he, he wanted to say this, he would have. Oh, whatever. <laughs> when he heard this, Yosef wept. Also, his brothers came before him and fell to their knees. We are your slaves, they said. Don't be afraid, Yosef said. Can I replace God? When you thought to me, sorry, when you thought to do me evil, God thought to do good, to save the lives of a great nation this very day. Do not fear. I will support you and your children. End quote. That's how he spoke to their hearts and comforted them. Yosef settled in Mitzrayim along with, along with his father's estate. Yosef lived 110 years. He saw three generations from Ephraim. He even saw the sons of Machir, son of Manasseh. Oh, they were brought up on Yosef's lap. I am dying, Yosef told his brothers. God will redeem you and raise you up from this land to the land he promised to Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. God will surely redeem you, Yosef swore to the sons of Yisrael, and he will raise my bones out of here. Yosef died at 110 years. He was embalmed and put in a cas casket in Mitzrayim. He was embalmed, son of the Jewish mummy. <laughs> That's chapter 56. That's Genesis. Now we're going to do a crazy thing. I'm going to sing a song. Chazak, chazak, v'nid chazak. If you're listening on the podcast and you don't know what that means, um, it is a uh, song that is traditionally sung in a synagogue when a book of the Torah is finished and we just freaking finished a book of the Torah. It means strong, strong, strong. So we're going to be strong, and we're going to be strengthened to keep going and start Exodus as soon as we possibly can. Now is the time of the show where we do a Devar Torah. Uh, Devar Torah literally means Torah word. So, Julie, do you think that you can sum up all of Genesis into a single word? All of Genesis? All of Genesis. <laughs> Or all of what we read just now. I'll do Genesis. Okay. Families. I like it. Yeah, yeah. How come? Uh, <laughs> I, th I thought you translated this. Uh, no, uh, I choose families because it's Genesis is a story of stories of families. Yeah. It's, it's, especially compared to some of the later books, it's uh, absolutely very familial. Very <laughs> close knit. Very tighter narratives than what happens later. Um, <laughs> Mine was, well, for this, for what we read today, mine was what? <laughs> um, but for Genesis in general, it was, it was expansion because it, it really is this, this growing story. It starts with just one, well, it starts with the creation of the world, but at least uh, once you get to Avram, it starts with this one person and it starts to get more and more complex and more and more involved with the outer world and the family expands and spans and takes on more power and becomes a part of the world in a greater way and in encounters interesting obstacles along the way. Um, also, your project has expanded. Yes, I <laughs> suppose that it has. Yeah. Fortunately. Yeah. This started um, as a crazy idea that I had one night, um, and now there are people in a room looking at me while I'm doing it. <laughs> so thank you so much. For... And, and voices from the ceiling. Yeah, 21 <laughs> people all over the country recording things and, and sending them to our, our, our kind of ad hoc voicemail system. So that's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask our guests, uh, the people who read today, if they want to come up in no particular order and offer their own Divrei Torah or Torah words for Genesis. Um, uh, Lux, why don't you come up and say something? Ancestry? Sure. Lonnie. My word is Ugg. Ugg? Is that a name or... 
No, it's an it's an exasperation. Okay. <laughs> it's an exclamation. I'm I'm exasperated over a lot of the words that I had to translate, but happy that I'm finished. Uh, Rabbi Uter, do you have a Torah word? So this will be a bit cheating, but I'm going to say beginnings. Guys, 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 guys! Go home, Jew! So when you think of Genesis, Why it's usually right. So the names of the books yeah. were normally about what happens at the very beginning of the book. Yes. But when you look at, at the, in the Hebrew at least. Well, in the Hebrew at least. Yeah. But if you think about it, the entire book is about different types of beginnings, right? Yes, the creation of the world. We also have the beginning of the Jewish people, the beginning of several families, and here all the way at the end, you've got the beginning of the Jewish people in Egypt. Yeah. See? So it's more than just one. Mm. So oh. Genesis is only one. Beginnings would be plural. What is the plural of Genesis? Uh, tot. I don't know. Genesis. Yeah, Gen- Genocide? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gen- yeah. Well, that comes later. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Ari, do you have something? Well, I can take the easy route and say, well, last week was my bar mitzvah parsha and say, Vayigash. Yeah. Or I can say... Is this one or two words? One word in English. Cray cray. Cray cray. Is that one or two? That's one, I think. There's okay. a hyphen there. there I go. like it. No explanation necessary. Um, is anybody else still here? Let's give it up for our guests one more time. <laughs> Steve had a run off to do a comedy show. Um, but... I, I don't know. I'm. I, it's a weird place to end right now. I'm excited to do the show again in a couple of months. Um, I think that this is an odd ending for everything that's happened so far because um, it's it's weird how... Well, first of all, I was kind of expecting Aragorn to show up in that last scene, but <laughs> whatever. Um, it's funny to me that the way Yaakov says his blessing at the end, he's like, oh, you're going to get the land. You're going to be fruitful and multiply. He never mentions the whole slavery bit. <laughs> and the way this ends, it really feels like nothing could possibly go wrong. Everything's going to be okay. The, the Hebrews or whatever they're called are safe in Goshen. They got the sheep. The Egyptians don't want to touch the sheep. It's all going to be cool. And it's really setting us up for a big failure. Anyway, we're going to have a conversation in just a minute if you stick around. Um, uh, Julie, is there anything that you'd like to plug anyway that you want people to check you out online? Um, or just nothing at all? You're I, shaking your head. I, 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 no, I've got plenty of things to plug. Um, I work at a really great website called YiddishPop.com if you want to learn Yiddish. Yeah, yeah if you want to learn Yiddish. Are you going to continue working there despite your move? I am. I'm going to work um, in some capacity, yes, from Nashville. Um, and so if you're interested in learning Yiddish, it is free, it is online, it's awesome. And then if you're interested in reading my stuff, uh, which is in various places on the web, you can go to my blog, which is julie.wordpress.com, or uh, follow me on Twitter at, at Julie Sugar. Cool. Um, also, I plan to become a country music star now that I'm moving to Nashville. Perfect. That's where it all starts. You're going to have a show based on the name of that city. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> Um, you can check out the podcast, as always, um, on Facebook slash Bible, Twitter at, at Bible, the Tumblr, the website. Please listen on Stitcher, iTunes, any podcast app in the world. Uh, share, rate, and review us on iTunes. It really helps. Donate to our Indiegogo, please. Um, there are so many people that I have to thank for the last two years. Our audio engineer, John Passaro. Give it up for him. Uh, Wendy Chin for doing the promotion. Um, all of the places that we've performed this thing, Steve at the Parkside Lounge, Kristen and Norm at the Double Wide, Steve Cannon at a Gathering of Tribes, Megan Gray at the Magnet Theater for helping us do that there, President Ephraim Rinsky of the Stand and Street Shul, and Ray Katz, uh, and Rabbi Uter for letting that happen, uh, Fanny Wu for hooking us up here, uh, Beauty Bar, this place, uh, 2A where we did one show, um, I want to thank everyone at Present Tense for helping me along for the past few months, including Sarah Reinreb, or Sarah Weinreb. Every single one of our guests, I'm not going to list them all again, our live audience, give it up for yourselves, you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Please join us 
at Beauty Bar on 14th Street on July 28th. And if you if you read, please come up real quick to read this this thing into a microphone. Run, <laughs> run up. You know what? Everybody, come up and read this thing on a note. Please join us at Beauty Bar on 14th Street on July 28th for Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat and August 25th. And make sure to listen because next time in the Bible, it all 